0: Get ready for some spooky fun with Professor Theo's Mostly Harmless Halloween Haunts, Part 1 of 3. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of splendid university in lovely, wondrous, supernatural, splendid West Virginia. Home to kid superheroes, time-traveling teens, quantum-leaping whiz kids. A pig mayor it's true. We even have our own kid space force. Cletus Cavalier, space ranger, delivery man extraordinaire, will return in just a few days. There's something else I have to share with you this week, listeners. And I just can't wait. The trick returns. The sun had barely set on summer, but many already turned their attention to autumn and that most wonderful holiday of the year, Halloween. Coffee shops peddled pumpkin spice coffee before the back-to-school school bells even stopped ringing. The summer flowers set out in May had dried up, and more than a few pumpkins, skeletons, and zombies were already visible in neighborhood yards. For two years, the trick had laid in wait his now quite large candy army ready to emerge and enact revenge on this town of Halloween-crazed, sugar-hungry humans. It started at the Martins' house, where young David was found in a most sticky situation. He was frozen, completely encased, like Han Solo and Carbonite in a six-foot-tall blue Jolly Rancher candy. Word of the bizarre spectacle quickly spread. Men in black investigated only to find David's neighbor, Ruth, entombed in a gigantic Kinder Surprise chocolate egg. Both David and Ruth are now fine, as is Mr. Brains, whose big brainy head was found atop a street-sign-sized Pez dispenser was down at the end of Washington Avenue. His tiny frame had been plugged tightly inside the Pez stem. Ghastly stuff, even for Mr. Brains. Then the town's candy ban went into effect. An attempt to appease our invaders. No candy in city limits. None, Mayor Porkchop pronounced. But what shall we do for Halloween? Trick-or-treat is next month. Porkchop fielded these questions and complaints and more from many upset residents. His response, that everyone should exchange poetry instead, was not particularly popular. I thought it was an excellent idea. Then it happened. Our pig, Mayor Porkchop, was found stickily squeezed stuck inside a pig-sized peep. Like David and Ruth and others, Porkchop was rescued, and he's fine. That was the last straw, though. This meant war. The community rallied together. Before the calendar had even officially turned over to the month of October, before air conditioners even shut down entirely for the year, just days after the last pools had been drained, of their watery relief, the Trick's Candy Army came for us. Trick or human the treats cried hauntingly. Just sends chills up my spine. Well panic ensued, as Milky Way chocolate bars took over the police station. Sprees controlled all area media. Except a certain podcast. Tootsie Rolls and dumb-dumb suckers bullied young ones who ventured out to try to go to school. City buses were all driven by peppermint bark. And Toblerones overtook the tumbling studio. Our kid superheroes were called in and attempted to fight back, only to be trapped in huge pink orbs of super-strong bubblegum bubbles. Those time-traveling teens tried blasting back to another year altogether to avoid all of the ugliness, only to find their hopping devices gummed up by the gummy bear bandits. Tanner and Max escaped up to their old tricks by quantum leaping away into a video game, only to find themselves surrounded by angry candy crush sweeties. The Super Kitty Six got in on the act, too, but found themselves outnumbered by popcorn and bark bars. The kid explorers went in search of a secret way out of town, only to be trapped by white chocolate rivers, whose currents quickly whisked the young ones back downtown. My lab was taken over by nerds and Necco wafers the size of bowling balls and frisbees. Our once resilient town of imaginative, heroic creatures was in big trouble. The trick had us in its grasp. It looked like the candy army would win. Splendid residents now cut off from the rest of the world by way of a huge, twisted Twizzler and pixie-stick dome had collected no wins at all against a seemingly invincible trick collective. Out of ideas, I proposed a solution to city council in a secret teams meeting. There's only one thing to be done, I begged. Only one force in this town, strong enough to confront, munch, and digest the horde of candy beasts. We must revive the pep-up monster, I implored. I was desperate. I wish I'd kept my mouth shut. Honestly, I do. How did I know how much worse it could all get? The ground shook. I'm going to pep you up. I could hear its terrible scream as it approached. What have we done to be continued? in the month of October, with Professor Theo's Mostly Harmless Halloween Haunts, Part 2 and Part 3. In the meantime, I will have an update in just a few days on Cletus, Cavalier, and the dust cloud that recently engulfed McFly Middle. And just next week, you know what next week is? Next week is the three-year anniversary of this Professor Theo's Mystery Lab podcast. Got a lot of fun stuff on tap in the weeks and months ahead. We've been on a roll, too. We had two brand-new episodes last week, and at this pace, we'll have two this week as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Be good to each other, listeners. Be helpers. Come back soon. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at TheProfessorTheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.